What's good with it? I done recorded about two pieces now. Both erased. There's no problem because they both had sound issues anyway. So this is pretty much about resilience, huh? <laughs> when you take another action, you get to understanding that I would say most things do not work how you want and don't go how you plan just as often. But it's about building the momentum. As Coach Michael Burt says, it's about working the muscle, creating habit. It's all you really have at the end of it. A month, 30 days, day one, day two, day three. Day You're not going to be excited every day. There's no way to be motivated and sustain that for 30 days. And then you definitely can't carry it out for 30 months. You're going to go up and down based on who you interact with, the face you present, and even things as trivial as the weather. It's going to affect how you feel on that particular day, what you feel like doing, which you, you gather at this point that it's not important how you feel, what you feel like doing. Some of the biggest barriers for males who were around me was that they thought that they should do what they feel like and they want to do what they feel like. And they're not going to do this because they don't feel like it. Too many feelings going on. I know one case in particular, I would, I would tell this person, look here. It's a little too late in the game for your decision to be, I'm going to do what I want to do and not anything else. I mean, it sounds good. Isn't that the reason a lot of people want to have their own company, have their own money? They believe it allows them to move autonomous of other factors, and it doesn't. Anyone who climbs high enough lives a life of, and who has enough freedom to work when they feel like it, live a life of doing what they don't want to do. Because as I usually say, you have to outsource for certain services. You could do a pristine job of leading a charge as far as a new project, a business, as far as you want it to go. Somebody has to come in and put in the lights. That's your business. Someone has to come in and do the plumbing. 
someone built this building. So because you had a grand idea and you put all the pieces in place, that person's a professional this. They're a professional that. All it takes is one person <laughs> with a large enough role to make one oversight. And this perfect situation you felt you crafted can be a headache. And it will cause you to be engaged in conversations, take actions, and use resources you did not want to use. You did not want to get involved with. But that's how it goes. What am I saying as a whole? Your commitment has to be to where you're going, not to what makes you feel good. Because often to get to an overall state and an overall height to where it feels good as a whole, the bricks you build upon are going to be ones of tasks and dealing with people you don't want to get involved with. You must lead beyond your pain. So tomorrow when you get up, for whatever reason, it's cold getting out of bed. <laughs> you get to the shower for this hot water you pay for, and it's a little too cold. It's brisk outside. You got to go start your car. Sit in the cold car for eight minutes. It'd be a whole lot easier, you think, for me to not go in. And sometimes you can do that. But it'll be something else on another day. Even this. I have this personally right now. I've been living to the point where I just eat what I like all day. When I don't have anything else tying up my schedule, I eat good, relax, ice cream here, pizza there, go to the Whole Foods, go to Trader, Trader Joe's, get all the stuff I'm really into. I like pasta this, pasta that. All vegan, of course, by the way. But in order for me to eat what I want, in order for me to do these exciting things I like to do, I like to go to concerts. I like to shop. I like to record in the studio. I like to spread my little knowledge in these game pieces that I do podcasts, videos. All of it takes a significant amount of work as a whole to do photo shoots, all of that. If I got two exciting events to go to tonight, I got to get to the studio. I want to have a meeting with this person and then I'm going to go to this concert that I really wanted to go to. You know how much work is involved with coordinating all that? I got to get up, 
shower, shave, set out the clothes that I'm going to wear here. I got to prepare the material that I'm going to record, prepare the game pieces. You can have everything set up beautifully, but if you're not on point that day, you can ruin that. You can ruin the recording process because you're not good on that day. So it takes focus. It takes concentration. It takes work. How well did you prepare leading up to it? And sometimes I don't feel like it. It takes a lot of energy to record. It takes mental energy to do these game pieces. And then consultation, that ties you up. It's hard not to bring that work home with you. You got someone who's difficult, takes a significant amount of energy to have a conversation with them. They're real combative. That wears on you. And then I'm supposed to go to this show later, so I got to go back, get in the shower. I don't feel like it. Or just change clothes. I got to go here to go change clothes, get up, go back out, when all I really want to do is lay down for a minute. What am I saying as a whole? Is it to do all the things you really want to do? Like, man, I would do this, I would do that, I would do that if I had the time. It costs you energy. Eventually, that's going to be work, like going to work. So in order for you to have this amazing fun you want to have, I got to get up and go to the store to have all this food I want. Or I got to jump online and order it and hope they get it correctly. That's work. You're relying on somebody still. Suppose they bring the wrong thing. Suppose they got something at the store I didn't know because I'm trying to order offline. Or order online, rather. So it's just like... Everything takes effort. And sometimes you don't feel like it. I know, man, when I used to go to, even if it's something I'm performing at and it's in a different part of the city, it's deep off in the suburbs and I got to drive out there. I'm worn by the time, man. Because in my ideal situation, I would live like a blur. Be here, do this, have my schedule packed up because we don't like these pockets of large inactivity because we start to get stagnant and apathy sets in. So in order to keep that momentum going, it has to be one thing to the next to the next. And I have to plan. We have to plan so beautifully to where we don't exert too much energy, to where it's exciting but it's challenging because having all you want, but you're not having a challenge. It doesn't engage you enough. So all these things, and obviously when you engage in a challenge, it wears you down. So in order for you to have such an exciting, wonderful life, it takes a lot of planning for that. And guess what? Do you feel like planning for your job? All the time. You do when it's new. I'm going to go on this vacation. So I'm going to plan this. Then we're going to do that. And we do that. Yeah, because it's new and you rarely get to do it. But when you have to do it over and over and over, it's just like, you ever heard a band talk about going on tour? For the first month, it could be like epic. Oh, this is so beautiful. But when them days start looking the same and they got to start at the beginning of that set list and hit each song near perfect for the audience who's seeing it for the first time, mostly, they have to hit 
each song, top to bottom. What can they do? Switch up the order of them, but it's the same songs over and over again. And if they want to add more songs and change the order, they have to memorize the order they put it in. They have to practice more songs, so more work goes into it to keep it exciting. That's how life goes, right? Back there, if you're accomplishing something big, on a daily basis, you want to do what you feel like doing. It costs you to do what you feel like. And doing too much of what you feel like, or a lot of it, is work. Because eventually, you're going to make commitments, and then you're going to want to not do anything. I don't feel like it. I, I feel like just sitting here. But now, now you make commitments. And what happens when you don't feel like it and you're not doing anything exciting, then you're going to hate that because you're going to be bitter. I'm sitting around all day. Eventually, you're going to have this level of inactivity that does not feel comfortable anymore. And then how do you monitor how you eat? You can't eat everything you want to eat because then you're going to feel sluggish. When you were eating everything you wanted to eat, basically, and you were active, it was cool. But you sit around and eat all that pasta. You sit around and eat all that pizza. You sit around and eat them cookies and all that. In the moderation, you feel like it. And what's going to happen? You're going to dislike it. And eventually, you're going to start disliking you for it. Don't even know how I got there. They call that free association. I just got into it. But momentum. This isn't about what you want to do all the time. That's how life go. Um, there's this misconception that you could do so much to where you don't owe yourself tomorrow. Like, at what point can I work to get so good at what I do that I don't have to do it anymore or that it's not challenging anymore or that it's not any type of painful anymore. There's nothing like that because the excitement is not going to be the same if it doesn't require the effort out of you. As John C. Maxwell says, intentional living, everybody you see get way up there on a consistent basis, that's intentional. You don't luck up and end up up there every time and everything you want typically is up there. Your level of commitment increases. You don't get to a certain point and then you don't have to do much anymore. You've built the capacity to take on more. So that's all that will satisfy you to take a step back for a long uh, stretch of time now would start to wear against who you are and who you've become. As Grant Cardone says, commit and get creative later, meaning you're pushing yourself to do what you don't know you can do yet and you don't know how you're going to do it yet. So you're always reaching, you're always climbing, you're always raising the bar. That's how you remain engaged within yourself and, and within life. That's how you keep the fresh commitment to it. That's how you keep the fresh fervor. So when you get up tomorrow and the weather is whatever it is, You'll jump up and run through that ice storm on certain days. Depending on how you feel, you'll take satisfaction in it. You'll get up the next day. Oh, my goodness. It's an ice storm again? Oh, I can barely take it. 
but you'll take satisfaction that you got up and did it anyway. Why? Because the reward is where you're going. The reward is what you're accomplishing. So there's always going to be some degree of discomfort and discontentment with where you are and your destination. What am I saying as a whole? You cannot be happy if it requires you to be 100% happy 100% of the time. Because if you're 100% happy 100% of the time, you're going to be unhappy because <laughs> you're not going to like it. There's nothing to do. There's nothing to feel. There's nothing to think. So how imperfect is your situation right now? Is it just right? And you don't realize it? Recognition and gratitude. You have near anything you could ever get. It could be easier for you to acquire it. You could have more of it. But there's not too much you can add to your formula that's going to totally alter your excitement levels. Your happiness, if you want to call it that. You must do the work of keeping your next day exciting enough, planning exciting things to do, planning exciting things to do. What does that tell you? There's some work in there. You think you're going to feel like planning every day? Who has the discipline to plan every day? Do you keep a personal planner that you use? Maybe so. But if you do, you understand that it's work. You've accepted the work in it. Oh, I just freelance. Oh, I just, then you're forgetting things. Then you're adding pressure. And obviously when you make commitments to yourself and you get large enough to where you make a commitment for other people, there's too much riding on that for you to not be prepared. You have to climb too high than to just get there by luck because you did what you felt like it along the way. Guess what? You have commitments you don't feel like fulfilling or tending to on certain days and as you go further. Even though as a whole, you love that you aligned yourself with this person. Hey, man, certain days you don't feel like uh, tending to that person. You're going to let the partnership, friendship, association erode because you don't feel like it. (laughs) What does that have to do with anything? Right? So, hey, I didn't feel like doing this. (laughs) But here I am, you know. But what I did touch on earlier, I guess I'll, I'll give it a quick one, two is be there for your people more than be there with them. 
Meaning make the commitment to where you're going. Understand that if the, the, the decision you make is to get where you're going, you can't decide that you're going to have certain people with you when you get there. You can plan on it, but your commitment has to be to the destination. It has to be on the victory. It can't be, they're coming, they're coming. Now let me figure out how it's going to work. It can work to a certain extent, but eventually, in order for you to service those people, in order for you, as you are to yourself, to continue to service you and be able to serve on a larger scale with more impact, you've got to commit to the target. What am I saying? Along the way, even if we all had the intention to grow, which we don't, we don't all grow at the same pace. So I was saying the best you could do is when you climb, you show the way. You leave the steps for others to get where you're going, and that's the best you can do a lot of times. I'll let you know how to get there and you catch up if you can, if you desire. All you can do is get people privy to where they can take their potential and help them recognize their potential and show them steps and direction on how to maximize their potential. But you'll find yourself speaking to people who do not have the correct humble to earn up where they say they would like to go, where you assume they would like to go. So your loyalty always has to lie with you. And at a certain point, it can become detrimental, even dangerous to not disassociate yourself from certain people, certain situations, if you don't recognize it in time. Dangerous, dangerous. I know at one point, I led people from a street environment. When you lead people from street life, you have them on your staff, you have them on tasks, you have them working alongside you and for you. You do understand they come from a predatorial environment. You can't show the weakness of letting everything slide. But at the same time, they have the proclivity to drag you into nothing battles. Often because they're not refined. They don't care to be in most cases. So you can't embroil yourself in nothing battles. You end up in situations and know you're not supposed to be there. So you can't allow things to spin out of control. And you'll be leading people from any and every environment 
So it can't be an ideal way you see things. You be totally naive and I handle it this way. You need to handle situations based on who you're dealing with and what you're facing. So I spoke on how when I dealt with some of these guys, they're making kind of clownish moves and putting me in a situation where publicly I had to denounce them. Otherwise, if I continue to hang alongside them, it showed that it was okay to try me. It was okay to jab at me. It was okay to plot on me and not respect me properly. So there were times when that cost me to where because I let someone get away with a small little slight, and I, I made reference to someone who was helping me uh, promote parties. He wanted to help me promote parties and other things that I was doing, and I was allowing him to work alongside me. And because he did not have the humble to recognize that I was allowing him to work for me, like I recognized when I had mentors, they allowed me to work alongside and for them. This person did not have the humble to recognize that. They come from an environment where they, and have a mindset even, because you don't have to be from the street to have this mindset. It's prevalent. That they're conning and getting over and twisting and turning and pushing and nudging and making you think one thing, gassing you up to feel a certain type of way. And then always trying to score on you, you know? So I bring this person along to have them help me do what I'm doing and they do something slick, like step off and we're out doing work and this person disappears. I'm like, where'd they go? Called them, didn't answer. I drove them out there. I felt responsible for getting them back to where I picked them up from. I'm thinking something could be wrong with them. Did he get himself in trouble? Did he get locked up? Did he get in a fight? Is he in danger? Best I could do, leave my phone on and drive back where I'm going. After they get late enough, he called me back. I go scoop him up, you know. Never heard from him. Another guy tells me later, oh, yeah, man, he all right. He just saw somebody he knew that night. They picked him up and he left. Like, he did that without telling me. So he let me, allowed me to worry all this time and it could have been whatever, and he just uprolled and pretty much clowned me. And I was asking this person what happened to the guy, not because I expected him to know what happened, but whether the guy was okay, because I hadn't heard from him. We don't really talk like that. And essentially there was a point later because it wasn't large enough for me to, in my mind, to deal with it then, I just thought I ain't gonna really rock with him like that no more. But because I did, after time went by, year or two, I ended up in a situation where he tried me directly, more overtly. And I couldn't be surprised by that. I shouldn't have been surprised by that because I set myself up. I made myself look weak to him because I didn't tackle that situation then. I thought it was too small, shouldn't have. Ain't think much of it. Looking at the larger picture. Then I'm looking crazy at my other guy. I could have handled the business and I'd have earned respect from those around us who knew what, what happened. 
You got to be stand up about yours. You got to make people deal with you correctly. So even though it was small to me, I almost allowed a situation because I didn't tackle a smaller one. They gained the courage to come a little harder and a little bigger. And I would have had to tackle it on a larger scale if I didn't get it small. Because this came around to, it was almost a physical altercation now. Emboldened is what a predatorial person gets in their heart. They start to feel like, okay, you ain't going to check them on it. They just going. And a lot of times you get uh, relationships like that. Do not miss an opportunity to check your female. Do not miss an opportunity, ladies, to correct your male. Immediately. And if you fear, like, well, I don't want to be somebody who nitpicks and whines and complains. You shouldn't be, because after you tell them the first time, that was all the time you needed to tell them. You got one time to show me hard-headed. So after that, if it gets to the point where, before it gets to the point where I feel like you're always nagging them, stop, 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 stop. You need to drop them off before you come a nag. If you become a nag, it means you're sitting around accepting something you're not supposed to be accepting repeatedly to the point where you feel like a nag now. How many times you got to let it slide before you start feeling like a nag? That's three, four, five times. What were you supposed to do the first time? Set a boundary. That person violates that, that boundary. After you make it clear there's a boundary there, they're already up out of there. They should be. They're on their way up out after that. It's just a formality. So females, God say you're a nag, 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 nag. Number one, don't be. But if you cross that line, that means you've already missed your cue to make a decision. If he truly, genuinely is someone you need to, hey, 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 hey. Now, a lot of times, it's just your passive aggression. Keep it real. But if it gets to the point where he's out of bounds, you got to keep telling him, you already missed your cue. Take accountability. Do what you're supposed to do. But it's about getting your respect on. See? Because there's too much to lose. And you'll put yourself in a position because envy, man, envy is very real. And that guy in particular, he wanted to align himself with me because he felt like I had a few connections and if he was around me, he could benefit from them and start to meet some people himself and get himself in the loop as far as promotion, as far as being an artist, things like that. So he wanted to hang around me on that level and it was going to benefit him. So it made sense on his part. And you know, I was cool with it. I didn't have an issue, but He was playing smart. He should have been that way. But ultimately, your intentions will 
rise to the surface. But as I say, it's about making people respect you. And you'll never fully escape that type of aggression, no matter what environment you're in. It's the inevitable. And yeah, what I was saying about that guy, and I kind of went off for a second, is that though there was an admiration for what I had done and who I knew and the connections I had. This is why they say, be careful of people who overpraise you. Because an envious, an envious person has just as much admiration for you. Every time I could think of. So being that he would say all these things and point out all I had, that was the admiration, but the envy was just as high. It's a flip-flop. So people who overpraise you, not every time, but often, those are people who envy you at the same height. And your way to combat this, your way to build up a defense for this is the higher your contentment rises, the higher your calm in the outward winning scenario shows to the rest of the world, the stronger and sharper your war hand needs to be. It needs to rise like your contentment because it makes you a larger target. Uh-huh. Envy comes disguised as admiration. Envy as it pertains to jealousy, jealousy is like, okay, I want what you got. You got that, I want that. I'm upset you got that, and I don't. Envy is when you not only want what I have, you want to supplant me so I don't have it and take my place. That's envy. That's deep. So there's something I want. There's something you desire that I represent. And an elimination of me would mean you have it now. So, like we've been taught and we've heard, be careful of people who overpraise you. Because that can be the flip side. It's there. Uh-huh. And a lot of times it's flattery. The person I mentioned, their go-to is sometimes flattery. I know other people like that too. Make you feel good about yourself. And what they're saying is true. They acknowledge. And that's for you to drop your guard. So you must move tactfully.
and I may or may not do the full piece now that I referenced it. I don't know. But hey, even more so than that, be kind, be pleasant, and be great. Freeze this, freeze that.